You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And this is our Spotlight segment. And up next in our Spotlight segment, we're joined by Carrie Krug, who's the Senior Vice President and the Head of Marketing at Abercrombie and Fitch. Hello, Carrie. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is so exciting to have you. I have to tell you a little anecdote because I mean everybody knows Abercrombie. It's got it has a long, colorful history, and you can tell us a little bit about it yourself, I'm sure. But a lot of people know what's going on with the brand. But I have to say, some of my young friends um, have told me that your brand is too cool for school right now. I mean, you are the it brand. Um, and I know you had a lot of negative publicity in a few years back. And for it to, and with the, my friends, like my friends were the ones who kind of took the brand to task. And they are the same ones that are telling me every time they see something cute, um, they... It's Abercrombie. I mean, they are just so right on top of everything. So I don't know if you agree with that statement. I can't imagine you don't, but we have a lot to unpack how you went from where you used to be to where you are now. You want to just comment on that story? No, I mean, I, I love hearing that story. And um, it's nice because we're starting to hear that um, in a lot of different pockets. And we, when we started on this journey, um, I was looking, I was working with some of my cross-functional partners who um, we've been, we've been on this together and we thought, well, the, we have to, we're going to get the product and the brand right. And it's going to take a minute for people to start to realize that the brand is something that you can be proud of. And for a, a while, I would say our first year, we were probably her best kept secret. Um, and all of a sudden we've moved and emerged into a place where, oh my goodness, Abercrombie is my go-to solution and it's no longer quiet. Um, I think Pop Sugar recently just said that we are now TikTok's favorite denim brand. So um, really, really excited about the traction. And I think it, it's a testament to the entire team. So that's the big headline. That's where we're going to go. I start with, I lead with, uh, with, with the finish. <laughs> but let's start with from the beginning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background and then maybe go a little bit about the history of the brand. Because I think in order to really appreciate what you've done there, you kind of have to know some of the pitfalls and things that were done wrong. So first tell us, and Americus, maybe you want to weigh in before she starts. You got any personal story about Abercrombie? Well, it's a fantastic brand. I mean, I think that, you know, what I'm excited to learn about uh, today from Carrie is exactly what you're talking about, Barbara, which is managing a brand over time and how difficult it is to stay relevant, right? And so how do you keep reinventing? I think about it in music, like Madonna, right? She kept reinventing herself over and over and over again. Like, how the hell do you do? How do you, as a brand, how do you keep staying relevant so that you can still 
be successful. So I'm excited to learn more about just the thought processes and the strategies that are associated with thinking through those kinds of issues. Yeah, it's two things. And Carrie, we're going to let you talk in a second. America's not going to shut up in a minute. But uh, it's not just what America's is saying, because obviously you're a fashion brand, and that's an, and especially for younger consumers. And staying hot and trendy is pretty damn difficult. But you've also had missteps. And you had to come back from some pretty bad statements and some, uh, you know, to put it gently, some bad stereotypes you had going on in some of your stuff. So I, I'm sure you had to embrace all of that. But first, tell us, Carrie, about how you got to where you are and then start telling us about how you managed to pull this off. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it was um, actually it's exactly what you're talking about is 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 the reason I'm at Abercrombie. I um, have been in fashion and luxury marketing for um, almost my entire career, all in New York, um, ha- did stents at a lot of the major players. So Calvin and Donna Karen and Ralph Lauren, um, and, and really in an integrated marketing role. Um, and, and, you know, marketing is a, is a world that has evolved quite a bit over the last 20 years. I mean, the landscape is completely different, um, which is one of the reasons why I love it, um, because it there is no there is no day to day. It always is a different changing landscape. Um, and I was at, I was at David Yerman actually, when I got a call about Abercrombie and I took it, I took the call kind of out of professional curiosity because mm. Abercrombie does have this outsized vision in, in a lot of people's heads. And I think a lot of people have a very poignant memory of Abercrombie in their lives. And as a, as a brand person and as a marketer, it's intriguing. So I took the call and was incredibly impressed with the way the conversation started out. And it was all centered around our new CEO, Fran Horowitz. And she joined um, and took the helm um, as our CEO in 2017. And they started by laying out what her vision for the company was and didn't even get into the nuts and the bolts of what the position was. And it was really led by how she wants to lead an organization and that, you know, the world doesn't need a a lot of other brands, but they, you know, to have a brand and a company that's as iconic as Abercrombie and, um, and, and from an enterprise perspective and just looking at her vision for the culture and balance and how she wanted to lead was incredibly exciting. And then of course, from a marketing perspective, to have the opportunity to be a part of what is that next chapter for Abercrombie is, you know, intriguing to say the least. Um, So I um, ultimately decided to continue to explore the opportunity, but the reason I said yes at the end was because of the culture. And what Fran has created and, and all of the people that work at the company. Mm. And I, that is, I think, the biggest difference from what Abercrombie was in the past mm. and what it is today is, is the way that she has ushered in an era of inclusivity and 
a, a true commitment to putting the customer at the center of everything we do. And mm. all of the brands now are, are committed to leading with purpose. And it, it really mm. is um, the way that we, it's very endemic to um, everything that we do is at the, cor- at the corporation. And I think that authenticity is the reason it's resonating with customers. And the reason we were able to move so quickly in our turnaround story. Um, and it's been an incredible journey and I'm, I'm just proud to be, have been a part of it. That's really interesting. So if I can just recap a little bit and tell me if I got it right. Part of what you're saying is the reasons for the radical turnaround is because the culture radically changed and it started at the top. And that you don't believe, and I know America's is going to buy this 100%, that the brand could do that turnaround if the culture wasn't authentically radically different. Is that is that a fair summary for some of what you were saying? Uh, 100%. Today's customer is incredibly savvy. And I don't, I, and I think that particularly when you're looking at the young millennial customer and even the, you know, the next generation that's coming in to be Abercrombie's future customer base, they want to align themselves with brands that share their values. And I think they can tell when it's just at face value and it's not authentically who you are and what you stand for. So that's so interesting. So, you know, I mean, what you're saying totally makes sense. But when you go into a situation like this, if you believe the culture matters a lot, then you could see Abercrombie being like a plus and a minus. I mean, it's a historic brand that goes back how many years started very authentically, I think, in hunting and fishing and camping or whatever it started. Yes. Um, but, you know, the shirtless boys welcoming you at the door to Abercrombie and the beautiful people that used to be in that store is also part of its legacy and authenticity. And it seems to me that, you know, it was, it was the it prep brand of its time before that became not cool. Um, so how do you weave in all of that legacy and still be authentic to these changes? Or do you just kind of erase the past? Well, I don't think you can ever erase the past. But if you think about the leadership and the culture that existed at that point, that was actually very endemic. That was who the company was. And, and it, it was, it was incredible it was incredibly powerful. And it, it, I mean, that's an image that is cemented in a lot of people's minds. Um, so, and now we are, we are truly a, a different organization with different leadership at the helm. And also the customer is very different. Um, and in the past, I, I mean, I wasn't there, I wasn't working here. So just, this is me looking actually from an outside in it was a lot more about perception and having mm. a certain look to fit in. Mm. And now, Oh, that's interesting. And, and now we are, yeah. we are truly focused on creating a sense of belonging, yeah. which all of a sudden puts it in a different light. And it's yeah. about how do our clothes make you feel so that you feel comfortable and confident which is very different than how do you have a certain look. 
Yes. Yeah, so different. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard for me to believe you pulled it off. <laughs> uh, I mean, really. Well, because- let, let me let me let me just jump in here quickly because I think what's interesting to this analysis is and the disbelief and the impressiveness of such a turnaround is that the power of the brand is the double-edged sword. So once you establish yourself or you create thoughts in people's minds about a certain set of images or ideals or associations, suddenly turning around and changing, that's difficult. But I think the big lesson here, Carrie, is that if there is an offense, and to Barbara's point, if there is leadership that says, here is how we want to recreate and reimagine our vision to move away from kind of this perception of do you, you know, th- does this image f- allow you to fit in to who are you? And we welcome you to bring your true self to our clothing so that you can express who you are through our clothing in the most authentic way that is you. And to be able to have that permeate throughout the organizational culture, throughout the, 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 the processes, the, the, the messaging, the branding, is quite impressive. So talk a little bit, Carrie, about, to Barbara's point, how do you, how do you maintain the, the, how do you sustain that energy and that enthusiasm, that effort to be able to make sure that that authenticity, that authentic, that authenticity really comes through to these new customers? And quite honestly, Barbara, the nice thing about it is that eventually, you know, they're, you're talking to a group who doesn't know this old lineage. Yeah, that's and true. So, and so, you're right. And so there's there's a wonderful opportunity to make those first footprints on an empty beach, so to speak, exactly. Carrie. So talk a little bit about that process and how you infuse that energy, that authenticity into your team and make sure that it permeates throughout the entire fiber of what it is that you all are doing. Well, I, I, I mean, I think you nailed it by saying that it starts with the top. And I was very, um, very lucky that when I joined the team, um, there was a new, our our global brand president, her purview was extended over Abercrombie Brands, Um, the incredible talented Corey Robinson, who's our head of merchandising, was just appointed to oversee all of the merchandising for women's and men's. And my incredible partner, creative director, Joanna Ewing had just recently joined the company. So it was, it was pretty much an entirely new leadership team. And our first order of business was to align cross-functionally around the entire brand group on what is the DNA of our brand and, and how do we look at this iconic brand that, as, as you stated, start, you know, it was uh, over 125 years old. And what is, what are the things that are so important and authentic to the brand itself that we want to make sure that we preserve? And how do we put this in, in a vernacular that's relevant to today's consumer? So what are our, what's our purpose today? And what are the DNA and the elements of our brand that we are going to live by? So that was one body of work. And then as a fast follow was, okay, well, actually concurrent to this was we need to be very laser focused on our customer, which was, which is still the young millennial. Male Um, and and female. Do you skew one way or the other? I'm sorry. 
Do you skew one way or the other is male and female equally? Um, we, it, we kind of oscillate to pit to pit right now. Um, it's the men's business is it, two years ago. It was a little bit bigger than women's right now. Women's is a little bit bigger, but we're pretty, we're pretty equal. And it's millennial. So that's not college because I think no. of college as um, the traditional Abercrombie um, segment, I thought was younger than that, than what you're and, describing. And I, and it was um, in, in the, the, the Abercrombie that you were speaking to of the nineties and into the two thousands, I think there wasn't a lot of clear definition about who that customer is. And if we were thinking about what we want to stand for and where's the real opportunity for us to play. It was, it was looking at like that 25 year old and they are in, it's a formative part of their work, their life. They are um, just now being, you know, financially stable. They're adulting. So you say, so it's, they're, they're on their own and they need a new wardrobe that fits their new lifestyle, which is quite different than what they wore. Absolutely. Um, when they were in college. And that was a pivotal piece of it is, yes, we know who we are, but then we have to know our customer so well so that we can be relevant to what's happening in their lives. And how do we align our brand to our young millennial customer? And that body of work was the inflection point for the success that we're seeing today, because ever since that moment, everything we have done has been through the guardrails of our brand and within the lens of our customer. And that is the secret sauce. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm here along with America's Reed, and this is Marketing Matters. And today we're joined by Carrie Collins Krug, who's the Senior Vice President and the Head of Marketing at Abercrombie and Fitch. And she's talking about the massive brand reset that they did and telling us that it really starts from the leadership at the top and the change in culture and the laser focus on their customer. And clearly, those of you who know the brand know that that's absolutely true. The brand has changed. It's much more inclusive now. It's an authentic brand. Let's shift gears a little bit because we've been talking a lot about brand and you said the same thing really. You know, it's, it's authentic, starts with leadership, it starts with our values, and it's focused on the customer segment. But let's get into, after all, you are a fashion brand. And I'm really curious in to your take on a couple of things to do with fashion. A, like what is today's fashion? I'm still trying to get my hands on that. How did you guys operate through the pandemic? How, what was fashion? How was that defined during the pandemic? And how do you see yourself coming out of it and getting people back to buying clothing? Well, I, I think we went into... Um, we went into 2020, we'd spent 2019 was a very transformative year from the brand, which we were just talking about. And because we were so focused on our brand and our customer, we actually had pretty ambitious plans for 2020. Um, And all of them, you know, almost overnight, everything we had planned to do was suddenly almost irrelevant because (laughs) Our customers' lives changed overnight. Our lives changed overnight. Um, And I think because we had gone and spent the the previous year really focusing on our foundation, um, we were almost, we were, we were very, we were 
poised to be able to pivot quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually one thing that we were uh, launching literally the week that the world shut down was a collection that we had created called the best dressed guest. And that, um, that whole capsule was created by our merchant and design teams, knowing that the, the life resume or how we track what our customer is doing that weekend, often when you're 25 years old, revolves around a destination wedding and all of the events that go into a wedding. So it's the bachelor party, it's the brunches, it's all of that. And we realized that we didn't have any wardrobe solutions for what you would wear to the actual event. So we created this collection Mm. of very stylish, accessible, on-trend pieces for men and women that they could wear to a wedding because it's a big part of their lives. Interesting. I like the fact that it has different p- parts to it. So you have brunch clothes and rehearsal dinner clothes and fancier clothes. Our, our, the young millennial lives for that long weekend. And mm. part of that Interesting. everything that they are wearing. And it needs to fit in an overnight bag. So how do you think about the versatility to get them from looking cute on the plane to the event, to the brunch, and and how do we make architect our line to do that? Um, God, you're making me want to shop there. I mean, I'm not the right <laughs> age, but I have that need. I need to have clothes that fit all those opportunities and fit in a suitcase. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so we, um, but but how how obtuse would it be to launch a a collection that's geared towards a big a wedding event? or a big event with other people in the middle of yeah <laughs> down. Um, so uh, quickly got with our um, planning teams and merchandising and of course our creative teams and put all of that content on a shelf and realized that we needed to think about what our customers were needing right now. And it was, it was all about comfort and connections and that was what we were craving. And we, uh, we too, we looked at what we were also working from home and in our offices that were also our living room couch and um, working virtually for the first time. And all of us were wearing our soft AF cap, our soft AF clothes from <laughs> our super soft uh, hoodies and tees and matching sets. And we quickly pivoted into what customers were liking um, in their work from home life. And, but we had no assets. So we, and you can't conduct a photo shoot in the middle of a lockdown. So we shipped clothes to our associates that many of whom are in within our target market and they, they shot themselves and we put a very human face to our company. And Mm. it was very authentic. And we listed the titles of the individuals, made sure that everybody knew they were our associates and that they knew that they were shooting themselves in their own home. And it, it was a very human and authentic way to show up. And it resonated 
so well that it's, it's, it's now a tool in our toolbox that we have as an ongoing part of our go-to-market strategy. What makes so much sense to me is it really builds on what you were talking about before, that if you show the authentic culture and, and people really believe it, and it sounds like, how could you not believe that this is the people themselves in their own homes, that you do get people to start trusting the brands. And obviously what was going on during the pandemic, the comfortable clothes, you know, all of that makes sense. But I am curious, I want to go back to that wedding weekend. Now that we're out of the pandemic, are you bringing back that uh, old line that you said on the shelf? Oh, that oh, sounds yes. great. It's still available right now. And we are anticipating that this year is, you know, all of the weddings from last year that were canceled. Right, exactly. There's weddings on Tuesdays now because they're building up so much. <laughs> right. So there is, I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. So we're about oh. two weeks away from a very exciting announcement about the best dress gets capsule. Um, but it is something that um, so far we're really, we're really happy with how it's performed and it has truly resonated um, with our customers. And, and it's all about looking at looking at the looking at what our customers are doing. And they are looking forward to that long weekend. So how can mm-hmm. we ensure that we have everything that they need? Well that sounds great. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And where can our listeners go to hear more about Abercrombie and what you're up to? Well, certainly follow us on on TikTok and Instagram. And then, of course, Abercrombie.com. Well, that's great. Thanks again. And a big thanks to Professor Americus Reed for being my co-host. We want to thank our audio engineer, Dion Simpkins and Chris Tooks. And, of course, our producer, Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing. Or you can follow Business Radio at SXM. XM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you for listening today. Till then, this is Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. The British Invasion. Motel. Surf music. Surfing USA. The Summer of Love. The 60s, a decade of change, a decade of unforgettable music. All 60s hits, Sirius XM, 60s on 6. Also streaming on your phone and on Sirius XM connected devices and speakers. American Top 40. We're heading for a brand new number one song. Casey Kasem counts the hits that shined in the 70s. It's time for this hour's long distance dedication. Our letter is postmarked Billings, Montana. Hear the actual 40 song countdown that aired during this week of the Super 70s. Keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. American Top 40. Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. With replays throughout the weekend on 70s on 7.